Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And uh, we, we've been talking a lot lately about just current events and probably because it's been so in your face since, I don't know, yeah, November. Here's the funny <laughs> part. Neither of us are watching the news anyway. No, no. I mean, I read headlines, but yeah. I, I literally, I can tell you, that, well, I should say the last time I watched the news was on election night. Just yep. as as polls were coming in, that yeah. that's honestly the last time I turned on the TV and watched the news. Yeah. Well, here here's what I think won't happen, but I think should. I think the people in Washington D.C. should listen to this podcast and hear two normal people that aren't wrapped up in politics, that aren't in Washington, from two different generations, just talk about what they see from a distance. Yeah. It's not that what we see is correct. Right. It's here's what we see from northern Wisconsin at two different age levels. And if you want to know what we're really thinking, then pay attention to what we're saying. Right. Because, uh, you know, I'm not claiming to be God or right all the time or anything else. I'm just saying, here's what we're thinking. Yeah. And we're thinking that we're all embarrassed by those people in Washington. Here's the quandary that I have. I wonder if anybody in Washington, any politician ever thinks, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, I wonder if they see the silliness that it is or if they're blind to it. You know, I think so, but they're not there anymore then. They don't run again. That's true. And, and they'll throw it out. I gotta, I, I, I've got to not run again because, you know, I need more time with my family. Translation, this place is a zoo. I got to get out of here. Yeah. You know, there's nothing going on here that should go on. You compared it sometimes to a circus. Yeah. And I'm thinking. Nothing against those that are listening that are in the circus. I actually enjoy going to the circus, but. But a circus and the and the congressional That's right. people should be two different a platforms for having clowns. Yeah, <laughs> as long as we're venting, let, let me ask you: <laughs> Are we always venting? On no, here we're no? not always venting. <laughs> but just, I, just things I don't understand. It's like people now are condemning um, the former President Trump for saying anything. But you know, and again, I don't even know that he said anything that would incite violence or or have people break into the Capitol. That seems ridiculous. Right. But didn't Nancy Pelosi at the end of the State of the Union rip up his address on television? Yep. Wouldn't that have anything to do with inciting people to anger? Yeah. Okay, just wondered. Uh, that's, nobody I mean, that's seems valid. to care, but it's one of those things where it's like, you're you're talking about a president who made a speech and people broke in, which he wouldn't have condoned. Right. And then you rip up these speeches, and there's there's riots in Portland, and there's riots in Chicago, and there's riots all over the place, and you take no responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. I see. There's a double standard there. Yeah. Um, and of course, we realize that those people who are you know uh, you ever hear that saying haters are going to hate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like that's going on anyway. So, as soon as Biden became president, those people either in Portland or somewhere out there start beating on the Democratic you know, um, headquarters. So it's like, okay, we're done with Trump. We're on you now. Yeah. Uh, Haters are going to hate. And our, and those in Washington need to see that's the real issue you got to deal with, not just your party. Yeah. And you probably need to be unified to do that. Right. Just a thought. Well, and the unfortunate thing is that then uh, all this stuff, this distraction is the stuff that's taking the headlines. Yeah. You know, and not the, the actual bipartisan stuff that's pushing through the things that need to be done. Right. You know, but. Well, I tell you, as an older guy, here's what I'm doing. When I think of the government now, first I get confused, and then I stop, 
and then I pray for them. And, and yeah. I ask God if he would convict them and somehow draw them to himself because he's the only answer. So if you're a believer and you're listening, you know, complaining and moaning isn't going to solve anything. And we're really not doing that. We're having a conversation between generations on these topics, possibly to show that the two generations are not that far different from thinking, especially on areas that are just everyday areas that are occurring. And nobody in Washington seems to even know what the normal person is thinking because they immerse themselves in the thought process they're in. Yeah. So here. So um, if you're just joining us last episode, we we kind of what did you call it? Interruptions? Yeah. I, pardon the interruption. Pardon the interruption. Or, that's a sports program out there, but something like yeah, that. And so uh, Dave would shoot out a couple of words and then we would talk about it and just see what the response was. And so if you missed that episode, um, just head over to relate 365.com and you could download that. But I actually I, I have one in mind that okay. just came to mind. So I, Go ahead. I, I just want to preface Throw it. it. Rank and file. I don't even know what that is. Rank and file. You ever heard that phrase? Yeah, I have. It It means people get in line or something. Yeah. The people, yeah. You know, I've told people so often that I'm not a Democrat or Republican. Right. However, once again, I encourage you to go read their platforms. There's one platform of one of those parties that I think is anti-biblical. Right. Therefore, I won't vote for anyone from that party. Yeah. In order to find out what party it is, go read both platforms and read the whole Bible and Mm -hmm. then You'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. Other than that, you know, I think that they they count on people falling in line according to their party and personal preferences. So I'm not sure if that's where you're going with that. But well, I just didn't know. Like we have this term rank and file, and often things when there's polarizing things, there's always the rank and file members, and you see it more in Congress than you do in Senate. Yeah. You know, and so it's just like, do they even have the opportunity to express? their own opinion. You know, I don't think so. And I think that's that's what I'm getting at is like, should that whole concept of rank and file even exist? Like I understand the major party platforms, right. You know, like for instance, abortion, right. You know, like I wouldn't even consider that rank and file. It's either you support it or you don't. Right. But in terms of like, say the impeachment of a president, you know, I I've read in several articles where Pelosi and the rank and file members. So it's just like, did they even have an opinion or is the way that government is set up is that if they were to step outside they would get their hand slapped. Yeah. Well, know? in thinking of that, I mean, in that thought process, one of the interesting things to me is when they mention, for example, Democrats that go against Pelosi. Yeah. When they mention that, yeah. they always say, well, they're in moderate states and they're being careful because of their electorate. Right. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay. Are, isn't everybody supposed to be careful because of their electorate? Yeah. It, the people actually, if you're in a conservative state, let's use abortion, for example. If you're in a state where the people of that state are against abortion, you represent them. Right. I don't know if I need to say anymore. You represent yeah. them. Right. D- so quit representing yourself yeah. and represent them. Right. And you could say, well, I, I took a stand on this. And yeah. You know what's interesting is you cannot um, vote for somebody based on everything they take a stand on. Right. You can't do it. Right. Um, so you might have somebody who believes in everything you believe in and then is a little soft on abortion or something. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, that's the one issue. And some people have a single issue, and I right. understand that. But the people who are in Washington need to look back. If, if the people in Washington, the people from the state of Wisconsin, if they're representing you and me, then they're hearing what we're saying today and they're representing that somehow. Mm -hmm. Because we're part of the state and we're part of the electorate. 
we're part of the people that vote. So the rank and file, it's like they have no mind at all. Right. And they just have to fall in line. That's very communistic or Nazism mm. or yeah. fascist or whatever you want to call it. Because all of a sudden, if you don't fall in line like Ted Cruz, they want to, they want to lynch you anyway and get you out. Yeah. And that's not healthy. Right. Uh, dissenters actually should be listened to. They, they actually have courage. Mm-hmm. And you should ask, why are they saying this? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they do represent the people then. Maybe they represent people we're not listening to. Right. Well, that won't happen much because they're busy. Uh, here, there, there's an old belief system that plays out rather well. If people no longer really vote idealistically after a while, they vote for whatever they think benefits them. Mm-hmm. Financially first. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of people. So it doesn't really matter the other stuff. And then the other stuff they see, oh, man, they believe all this kind of garbage. It's really hard. Our forefathers, and I would encourage all our listeners to go back and look, but our forefathers didn't really like democracy. They yeah. made us a, a constitutional republic. Right. And that was on purpose because democracies will destroy themselves because eventually people vote for themselves and you can't have a nation of everybody being about themselves. Right. So, anyway. Yep. No, that's valid. All right, another, uh, we, we talked about elections, whether they were stolen or not. You have to go to, back to that last program and see what we said. Uh, 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 something else. Uh, public schools. When I say public, public schools, schools, what are your thoughts? Oh, man. Uh, well, it depends. Are you talking talk I'm just Chicago? saying public schools, <laughs> wherever you want to go with it. You know, I think, um, so I, I, my, my son goes to a public school. He's a first grader. Okay. Um, but I think there's so much red tape now with public schools that it's almost... I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of waste of time yeah. in public schools, in yeah. my opinion. And I think that, um, I also think that there's even a dependency on technology yeah. um, in the, in the process of teaching. Yep. And I think, I think that a school day doesn't have to be six hours long. You know, I think we can condense it. I think we can make it shorter. Um, I don't know. I'm not really, I don't know. I, well, I'm an old teacher, and I would agree with you. The, the bottom line really is, if, if I'm in a classroom of 25 students, yeah, and I have to teach people, first of all, you have to teach people where they're at. Right. You can't teach people where they're not at. You right. can't, can't do that. So as a teacher, I'm going to identify here's where they're at. So math or reading or whatever, I have to identify where they're at. Then what we try and do, because we're working with bigger groups, is put those who are at about the same level together. Yeah. So that you can teach them at once because you're only one person. Right. So when you put a group together like that, do you know what you're doing with the rest of them? We called it busy work. Right. Okay, that's, you know, do something. It was not work necessarily that uh, was wasted. It might be reinforcement of something. But, yeah. you know, you always had this. We, we had Mimeo machines back then or whatever it might be. So you you just have a bunch of papers and you give out busy work and you say, do these, these worksheets. Yep, absolutely. And uh, by the end of the week, there was a pile of worksheets on my desk that needed grading. And at the end of the week, when all the students left, I pushed them all into the garbage. Mm-hmm. So that's how much grading I did on them. Yeah. It, mainly because the purpose wasn't grading. Right. Yeah. It was, I need to talk to these three while the rest of you don't interrupt. Yeah. Absolutely. So there is a certain amount in a schoolroom of time wasted. It, by nature, by nature of, you can't yeah. help it. Right. Unless you can get everybody at the same level on yeah. everything. 
which is really impossible anyway. So um, if you ever transfer from like public school to homeschooling, which my wife and I did at one point, you'll find that you can get done a whole lot quicker. Yeah. Not because you're smarter, not because you're a better teacher, but you don't have the group thing. Right. You just have the one person. That you're yeah. So all of a sudden you're done by noon. Have. Right. And you're wondering, I wonder what they do the rest of the day at school. Right. Well, you know, you don't have recess. You don't have nap time. You don't have, I mean, if you want to throw recess and nap time in there, take the rest of your afternoon. You know what I mean? That's yeah. possible. But the bottom line really is it, it in a public situation, it's never, ever as effective as teaching one-on-one or in smaller groups. Right. Just never. And right. it doesn't matter whether it's church or anything. Yeah. Um, so you just got to understand that. So you're not anti-public school, pro-public school. You're just. I think I think I think there's a place for public school, but like anything, I think there's there's politics involved, unfortunately, and yeah. um, and the funding the, and the funding, you know, and and it, and I would honestly say that it, that the experience probably tremendously varies based on where you're at. You think people should have the right to choose a private school if they want? Yeah. Okay. I mean, unfortunately, private schools tend to be way more expensive. Right. Well, they have to be. They don't get the federal dollars. Right. Unless. Unless we change that. Well, in, uh, there is a, a, right now, there is a, a school choice program out there where if a child decides to go to a private school that's recognized by the state, I believe they get the tax dollars for it. Oh, okay. So, and I think that the Biden administration is against that, and most uh, Democratic politicians are against it. Hmm. And they're against it because they say it diminishes the public school. Because the students then can choose where they want to go to school. So if they don't like the way things are going in the public school, they go to a private school. And I'm thinking, so tell me how that's bad. Right. Is it because they want to control what's learned? Yeah. You know, and and move more towards the indoctrination side of things? Well, in America, too, it's choice that makes this nation great. Right. You, you get to be able to go and make a choice educational-wise. And I can look at the public school and say, your teachers aren't cutting it. Right. So I'm going over there. Now, all of a sudden, you have a choice. You, you either need to make those teachers make right. it, or you're going to lose students, and you're not going to be there anyway. Right. And that's the, the thing about a, a, a system like the United States of America. It works in business. We need to apply it in education. Yep. If I were a politician, I would be embracing, go to whatever school you want, whatever school your child goes to, we give that school, if it's a certified school, and there has to be standards, we give that school X amount of dollars, whether it be public or private. And and at the end of the day, if it's a private school and they have the same standards, they have to pass their standardized tests or whatever, it doesn't really matter to us, because that's your choice as a parent. And when you start defending one of those, what you're really saying is, we want subpar schools that you're forced to go to. Mm. That's my thought. Yeah, no, I two think, cents. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Anyway, I, I I think that we should always have school choice, and I also think we always need public schools. So, right. one of those things. But school choice will make a public school better. Right. Absolutely. I fully agree. Uh, student loans. This uh, particular president's talking about paying you guys with student loans back. Do you have any student loans out still? I do not. Okay. That's good. I do not. At your age, I would hope you don't. Yeah. How long have you been out of school? I've been out of school now for, let's see, my math, uh, going on uh, 13 years, okay. right? 13, yeah. I would say if you're still in debt after 10 years after school, that's a that's something. Yeah. 
I mean, you take a 33-year loan a lot of times for your house or a 30-year loan. If, if Some people are getting that for their school loans. Right. And, and here's the thing. The fact that there's so many problems with stu- student loans should beg the question, why are so many people having problems with student loans? Yes. And the fact is, is because they can't afford schooling. Right. And if every single person for the most part, or majority of people walk away from a college education with student loans, is the system broken? Right. Now, you now know, I know that's not what you were getting at. No, probably, but in that. I, that's a, a great observation. But that's my observation, you know, and that goes back to the other thing. It's like, all right, let's, let's look at this. You know, yep. everybody knows it's cheaper to go to a state school. Why? Because they get funding. Right. But if we were to apply with the principle that you just talked about, where, you know, if you want to go to higher education, here you go. Right. You know. Right. I think the money should follow the person in a certified school. Mm-hmm. And I think that certification needs to be basic, but across the board. For right. example, reading. You, you either read or you don't read. Right. I, I don't think that they should put other curriculum ideas in there because of people's differences. So if I'm a parent and I don't want my kids being taught sex education at a public school, I might send them to a private school that doesn't do it. Right. But I get that choice. Absolutely. And that's important for me to have that choice, and the government needs to give it to me. Right. And not just take my tax dollars and throw it into the public system when I don't even want to go there. Right. And likewise, you know, the other issue that comes up with student loans is the forgiveness of them. Right. And I would say, you know what, why should I work hard or somebody work hard to pay it off when you just go willy-nilly? Right. And... You know, big Sam, Uncle Sam comes in and says, "You know what? We're going to forgive you for that." Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't see the justification for that. It's, it's you know, ha- I yeah. think if anything that we need to have a better education on the front end, saying, "All right, if you go to school, you are going to be responsible for these loans. You don't have to do this. Yep. You can do other options that don't cost as much. Yeah. But we, I don't think we do that. Yeah. And that's part of the broken system of higher education. It is, and and I will talk about the other side of that a little bit at Nicolay Bible Institute we understand that there will be students yep who cannot afford to come yep and it's not even that expensive but we understand there's some no backing they're out of high school no money so we make an agreement with them that they come anyway and we will loan them the money at zero percent interest yep that's a different kind of loan that's a different kind of loan now the truth is Half of them pay it back. Half of them just stall because of that. And so I guess we didn't do our job the way we should. Right. But in reality, that's how I think Christians help one another. It's not like let's set it so high that you owe us the rest of your life. No, let's lend them the money, but let's lend it to them at 0% interest and say, when you get a job, please pay us back. Right. And if they don't do it, they have, they have a problem with their own ethics and integrity, and they'll answer to God for that. But uh, we're trusting that God will take care of us because you, you need to. I think education could use a, a, a redesign where people are dedicated to the idea of education and not just the money that comes from it. Yeah. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I agree. Anyway, also, I think you need to look, don't go to a school that's going to put you in that kind of debt. Um, go, find one. You know, there are cheaper ways to do things. There are, you know, and there's, and I feel like we've gone away from the days of where you have to have a degree from a certain place and a name on it. Right. For the most part. You know, I think jobs nowadays could care less where you got your degree right. from. And so there's there's inexpensive ways to go about education. You know, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with community colleges. Right. You know, I don't know why community colleges get a bad rap, but they 
teach the same level stuff. They do. You know, you could do it for far cheaper. Absolutely, and you should. I, it, it's interesting, too. I, I saw an interview. A guy went to, it was one of the Ivy League colleges, yeah, and asked them to sign a petition to get rid of the Constitution of the United States, the, the students. Yeah. And I think close to 65% of them signed it. Yeah. And were glad to get rid of the Constitution. And I thought, okay, that's an Ivy League college. Right. I don't want my kids going there. Right. You know, I, yeah, but they're the elite. Really? Are they, 65% of them are thinking the Constitution's a bad thing. It was, it was a white racist document. Right. Well, and my question is, what makes a school elite? Just because it's got a name on the door? Right. You know? Well, because somebody said it was. Because somebody been says forever. it was. And who's yeah. the somebody? You yeah. know, that goes home. If you've listened to our shows long enough, we always talk about the somebody's, the nobody's, the antibody's, yeah. and the rocket scientists. Yeah. If you know one of them, we would love to interview them to and talk to them, them on the show and even just to meet them because they seem to be very elusive. Yeah, didn't they? I think with the latest Supreme Court justice is the first time they've gone away from an Ivy League school. Did they? I think so. Oh, I didn't yeah, know she's that. from Notre Dame, I believe. Oh, okay. So I, I think it was the first time that's not Harvard, Yale, somebody in that little group. Yeah. Which I find interesting. And maybe maybe that's what ticked people off during yeah. electing for more than anything because the insiders, mm. uh, you know, um, are there. Anyway, let me, let me read something else to you. Okay. The, a group of endangered black-footed ferrets in Colorado were given the coronavirus vaccine for protection. So we're vaccinating some black-footed ferrets in Colorado. Mm. What do you think of that? You know what? <laughs> I, I can see I'm, by the look on I'm your a, eyes that you haven't thought about it much. Yeah, I'm almost speechless. You know, and I, and I apologize. You know, for those animal lovers, I have nothing against loving animals. Nothing. Me neither. But I'm just wondering what you but, think. But cause. here's my viewpoint: when we when we prioritize animals over humans in any sense, that's when I have a problem. Yeah. Whether it's you know with a vaccine, whether it's even with simple things like you know if I were to go out and kill some animals, I can get fined probably a quarter a quarter of a million dollars. Sure. And yet, somebody can go and kill a baby. Right. And not be charged. Yeah. Not be even slapped on the wrist. Yeah. That I categorically have an issue. With. Plus, I just read about all these elderly people who are standing in line in Florida to try and get a vaccine. Yeah. And several of them compared it to the time like Woodstock years ago where yeah. they had to stand in line for it. He said, either way, we're standing in line. You know, the old guy making a joke out yeah. of it. But I thought, you know what? They're, they're too bad you're not an endangered black-footed ferret. Yeah. Because maybe you could get in the front well, of the line. I thought I thought animals couldn't get it. That's what they kept saying. I have no idea. Who knows? I don't know. No, I, this is from the Denver Post, by the way, and I have no idea to the validity of it or anything else. But I just thought I'd get your opinion on it. Yeah, one way or the it, other. it doesn't surprise me. It's in okay. How about this? This is this is kind of a medium who cares thing. But yeah. a group of astronomers said they identified a galaxy that is thirteen point four billion light years from Earth. The farthest and oldest ever observed. 13.4 billion light years away, they've discovered another galaxy. No kidding. Yeah. You know, any thoughts on, on that at all? Good for them. Yeah. You know what You know what? I have a thought on? Yeah. Whenever I see that, I think, yeah, we're still in that um, discovery phase of the universe. Yeah. Of, of even how God spoke how it big, into existence. How big. You know. How big. You, you, you do know that a light year is... 
pretty big. Well, and how do they know that's accurate? Big. <laughs> like, do they shoot a light ray wait. and they wait for it to bounce back? Like, yeah, it's a thirteen point billion years they have to wait. Like, how do they? How do they? Me- <laughs> how do they measure that? I don't know. You, you know, what's interesting is, once again, I, if I boil this down to its simplest premise, these scientists or whoever they are, the scientists who refuse to acknowledge that God made the universe, keep discovering things that they can't figure out. Yeah, and then the simplest things they can't understand. Right. Like, I'm a boy and you're a boy. Right, yeah. Let's make that complicated, and let's make the idea that the Earth got created by a, by nothing and, and, and reproduced to where we are today. That was, you know, accidental. Yeah. It, it, the whole thing is crazy. When I look at it, I think, okay, God lives in a timeless state. If you travel at the speed of light, we know that no time passes. Yeah. I mean, that's been, they've, they've shown that. And God says, he's light. And I think, okay, eternity, there is no time. People who have died gone before us. I, I really think they could be traveling at the speed of light. Mm. And that no time will have passed before we join them. Mm. And for us to say, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, that would be accurate in that no time has passed. And when they I have no idea how this works. Yeah. But every time they discover something about the universe again, I think, God, you're big. I mean, you're. Yeah. We have no idea how big the universe is. For all I know, someone has said, "You think there's another galaxy with an Earth in it, and you know that kind of thing." And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even care. I know what the Bible says about us on the Earth. Mm-hmm. I know what the Bible says about God. I know what He says about Jesus. I'm going to respond to what I know. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have to deal with another galaxy. I have to deal with another earth. I don't mm-hmm. have to deal with another group of people. I don't have that. Yeah. I do know that God is that big, and I, I wish those who would discover this stuff would just stop every once in a while and let the normal person know, this is pretty awe-inspiring. This is big. Mm-hmm. This is so far out. We can't even figure it out. This is beyond our comprehension. Yeah. Um, 13.4 billion light years away. I agree with you. Don't know how they figure that out, but good, good luck. (laughs) Uh, Last, last line we might have time for. Archaeologists in Mexico City have discovered a new section of a tower of skulls where the Aztecs likely displayed victims of sacrifice. Wow. That was a headline. Wow. Um, There were religions who... Did abortions, but on people who were alive. Yeah. And uh, those babies are alive, too, as far as we're concerned. Um, and then they were proud of it, proud enough to display skulls. Mm. Can, you, can you imagine being a part of people who would destroy other people and think that's pleasing right. uh, to Almighty God? And yeah. um, if you don't know God, go to John 3, where God says, For God so loved the world that he gave his son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves you. And I say this all the time to kids. He's older than you and smarter than you and loves you. You can trust him. And I encourage you to get in the Bible, get the answers, sit on the truth. Be kind to those you disagree with and ask them why they think like they do. But let your roots go deep into the Bible. And let's see if we can turn our nation's heart back to God. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we're out of time here again on Younger and Older. I encourage you to head over to Relate365.com where you can uh, check out uh, if you missed part of this episode or even tap into some of the episodes. We have almost, I think, I don't know, over 200 and some episodes of this one. And we have other series 
um, that we offer. And so use it as a resource and share it with others. But for now, this is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll see you next time.